0: and
1: moose podcast i'm cat
0: and i'm moose this is a true life
1: podcast where we explore the quirks of being human okay you guys know how i like to keep my notes
2: Ooh, it's like a rooster, rooster. Ooh, yeah, this,
1: yeah this week it's a rooster um i decided to save a tree and i printed my notes on the back of this letter to you, Moose, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. from Compassion, saying that that your poor, starving child on the other side of the world is not getting food or prayers. <laughs> Wait, how do they know there's not prayers happening? Well, I think they assume if you stop paying, you stop praying. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> That's how it goes, man. Out of
0: sight, out of mind. Right. Here's, the, here's the thing. It's not... That I have abandoned my child, for anyone listening. It is... uh, She's
1: our child, by the way, Mookie Paw.
2: Mookie Paw.
0: No, until until you guys donate... Towards the money that has come out for the past two years. <laughs> he is my child.
1: Which I learned today on your your tax information from Paw before your credit card expired. Bless her heart that um, we owe you one third of $417. Yeah, and I am waiting for the Venmo to come through. <laughs> What's one third of, let me do that math real quick.
0: It's got to be at least 165 <laughs> Right. Let's see.
1: Four. Let's just do it. Four eighteen divided by three. It's a hundred and thirty nine dollars and thirty three to infinity. So I'm going to send you hundred and forty bucks.
0: Oh, I'm so close. Oh, so now wait, wait, wait. Before you do that, does that mean I have to share custody? And are we going forward going to continue sponsoring
2: Mookie Paw? Well, only you can choose because your name and credit cards on file. And I, have you updated I, that credit card? <laughs> Or is she expired? Uh, okay, look, guys.
0: No offense, and I totally understand. But like that isn't the the highest on my list of of things to do. At the top of the list is survive today. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So changing my credit card. I'm sorry, compassion. I haven't abandoned you. I will come back. Cat <gasps> uh, Sarah has a new nickname. I do? Yes. Oh, I do. It's really good, too. I'll wait until you say, what is it? What is it? Uh, it is kickstand, because she holds things up.
1: Yeah. Oh, what's up, kickstand?
0: Hey. It's a cool nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun words, there are words that just bring me joy, you know? And today, my friend and coworker Bobby, used the word pucker.
1: <laughs> was she talking about her lips or her butt
0: well she didn't specify which was puckering she just said it made her pucker and I had some ice water in my mouth and it flew out of my mouth <laughs> laughing just because I love words that make people feel uncomfortable
2: mm-hmm.
0: that make people pucker yeah exactly <laughs> Isn't pucker a great word?
1: Yeah, pucker's a great word. It's, uh, but there's also like, um, rhymes with trucker. Uh, the shot pucker, um, <laughs> lubrication. What? I mean, you guys both responded. It's a word that makes you feel weird. Oh, oh, oh.
0: Oh, lub- okay. It's a separate conversation. Puckered
1: lubrication.
2: Oh, oh. <laughs> like it's a name brand Pucker P-U-K-R. Pucker. Pucker. Wow.
0: That escalated quickly. I would love for this episode to be called Puckered <laughs> lubrication. <laughs> uh, do you guys remember the liquor? Uh, I just met her uh, called uh Pucker.
2: Pucker. I just met her (laughs) like that. Was that well executed? It was very well executed, (laughs) but I was saying the
0: actual liquor. I just met her.
2: No. What does it taste like?
0: They had it in like green apple. It was like Jolly Rancher flavor. Mm. And you would do a
1: shot of Pucker. You guys don't remember this? I do not. No, I'm still trying to figure out why would you lick her if you just met her? That's what I heard. It's a joke.
0: The joke is uh, there's a city in Maine (laughs) called Banger. And anytime anyone in our industry says, Banger, we all yell, I just met her. (laughs) So anything with the ER now is a, I just met her.
1: So liquor, I just met her.
0: Pucker,
2: <laughs> I just met her.
0: Okay. So I'm, I'm going to show you guys what this looked like.
1: Oh yeah. It's like bright green. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. It's green apple, apple pucker. I am on your page now, Moose. Let's um, get some.
2: You can get some in Brentwood.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if you buy a box of 12, you save like a buck.
0: <laughs> it's basically uh what Zimas were when you dropped the Jolly Rancher in there. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Do they still make Zimas? I don't think I so. I think they do. Do they I really? They
1: do.
0: Yeah. You got to just drive out like 2 hours outside the city. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and they've got Zivas in the in the gas station, trust me. All right. I can't remember the name of it, but remember those Canadian somethings that I found the other day? Those those sparkling waters? Oh, clearly Canadian. Clearly Canadian. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. I thought you were going to talk Did about Did they have those in Germany?
0: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Patrons, you got a visual (laughs)
1: F-bomb. That's amazing. I only lived in Germany for like three years, but I missed out on some really, really important life information during that time, apparently. Those were formidable years, (laughs)
0: like the German chicken dance, things like that. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But I did go to Oktoberfest and have beer when I was 10 cool.
0: That's really cool. We,
1: we need to get my mom to submit um, to the podcast at hello at catmoosepodcast.com the picture of me drinking out of like a giant beer stein at 10 years old. It's like the best picture.
2: Yes. That reminds me of a photo I have of myself in the newspaper, um, the local newspaper. I was probably two years old and I was riding on the back of our family saint bernard during the like carson valley days parade which is where i grew up and it's so adorable this massive dog and this tiny little me oh that's amazing i have a newspaper article of our house burning down when i was <laughs>
1: <laughs> that can't be real
0: <laughs> it is yeah that's why you come to the cat (laughs) memory lane hey guys let's all submit your articles to me and I'll put them on the instagrams
1: oh
2: that's a great idea okay
1: yeah it's like when you were a child and you were in the newspaper I mean this has probably happened to everybody I've been in the newspaper several times Like
0: hey (laughs) tell us us about it wow we're ready let me get my popcorn (laughs)
2: how many is several <laughs>
0: give us one I
2: think I, yeah, it was only one <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it felt like four it felt <laughs> like yeah, <man. laughs> okay what four like awards
1: no no, I I think I was in the newspaper once as a child when my mom was a part of um reestablishing this business called Mead's Swimming Pool in North Carolina. And it was a swimming pool that if if I remember the details correctly, I think the swimming pool was like going through bankruptcy or something. And my mom like revitalized the livelihood of the swimming pool and the swimming pool was an in-ground swimming pool, a community swimming pool that was in the shape of a roller skate.
2: <laughs> oh, <Wow>. that's
1: cool! <laughs> you can't make that shit up. <laughs> wow. I
0: got to say some of my best moments in life have involved roller skates. So it's not a bad idea. Really? Oh yeah.
1: I mean, do tell.
0: Well, no, I just was really. I mean, just picture me with pigtails (laughs) and roller skates. Like, I mean, it doesn't take a lot, especially when it has to do with like the races and stuff, you know?
1: Uh I can see you trucking around the rink, man. I can totally see you trucking.
0: Yeah. I've always been this person, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of um, those days, I will say the 80s in particular. I, um, Sarah and I were driving not in the 80s because we don't know each other that long but recently we were driving and or she was driving and I was riding and we go through this patch that's kind of a connector to two main roads um in the area of Nashville we live in and um on this side of the road uh, is just shit and I don't mean like poop I mean like hardy's bags and and beer bottles and what else
2: some old recliner yeah and like I don't know a bed
0: it's like it says dump all of your shit here and it's only about half a mile on both sides of the road and this like beautiful country area and people have like dumped all of this garbage and it made me think as a child I remember people just throwing shit out of their cars when they were done with
1: it. <laughs> Before littering became illegal.
0: Yes. Do you remember that?
1: I, I feel like I do remember that. Yeah. Or did I was,
0: I? was I just like in cars with like people who are white trash? Like,
1: <laughs> Well, there's that. <laughs>
0: Oh, speaking of recovered memories, I have no idea about the litter thing except to say don't litter.
1: (laughs) Public service announcement from Cat and Moose. Yeah,
0: exactly. But I had another recovered memory around the littering time of that age, like the 80s. My mom had this 1980s Mustang T-top. Cool. But anyway, she had this T-top and we're at this place called King Quick. It's a convenience store that was right next to the Burger King. And, and this this Mustang T-top was, like, two-door. Do you know the old-school... Oh, yeah. ...like, long cars where the doors were, like, the size of a boat? Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. I used to get driven to school in a car like that with one of my friend's older sister. It was a black Mustang. And everybody in the car, like, her and her friend sitting up front, and then me... And her brother sitting in the back, all of us like hot boxed all the way to school in that car. Like we just smoked cigarettes with the windows closed, like all the way to school.
0: Oh my God. I bet you smelled amazing when you got
1: out. Oh, I bet we did. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So anyway, the the Mustang is parked and my mom says something like, I'm going to run in and get some Pepsi or who knows, whatever it was she was getting. Probably cigarettes. Let's be honest. And her main (laughs) thing was, don't get out of the car. Now, even looking back at that, that suggests that I am a a child that doesn't follow the directions or rules, and that's true. I believe that. Yeah. Anyway, so I had just gotten done with a softball game, so I need to air some things out, and so I opened the door. I didn't get out of the car, but I opened the door, and then I put my leg out in the open window. You know, just to stretch
1: out while I'm sitting here. You had to air some things out, and so you put your leg out the window. Like that. Oh, j- not that. I mean, I was just hot. I, I didn't- mean, what
0: are we supposed to think? The point is, I just had like my feet up, one on the dash and one at the window, but I had the door open. <laughs> what I didn't consider is that there's another parking spot next to the door that I have open. <laughs> And I didn't know what was happening until I start hearing this, like, just crunching happening. And what had happened is one of those, um, what are those, what's the bread with the bunny on
1: it? It's called bunny bread.
0: Great. So a bunny bread truck was backing up, didn't see that my door was open because it was in a blind spot. By the time that Bonnie, my mother, had come out of the quick trip, no, king quick, I texted my sister and I have it here, king quick, the door had basically hyperextended completely and had fallen onto the ground. So only one hinge <laughs> on the bottom was holding it on. And I am telling you, this happened in four minutes flat. She went in to buy some Doral cigarettes and came out and there i am just spread eagle at the quick no i'm not spread eagle i almost died i could have died (laughs) i had i not pulled that leg in i wouldn't have a leg right now so i am the victim here anyway i
1: thought that i'm sorry i think that just have this visual of you in like a softball uniform With your legs just spread, like one on the dashboard and one sticking out this open door in front of the place where your mother said, don't get out of the car. And so you're like, I'm not going to get out of the car. I'm just going to spread them wide open. (laughs) She has a good point.
0: Look, look, look. I didn't say I was spread eagle. I said that I put my feet out the window. You are the one that created spread eagle. (laughs) I was just relaxing after a softball game <laughs> airing. Some and this things man out. came and ripped the door off of the car.
1: That is awful. So what happened? So what did you do? Like, what, what did your mom do? Like, what did bunny bread guy do?
0: Well, you know, he was as shocked as I was. <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, and my mom just came out, and I just remember a lot of cursing. <laughs> and oh, the thing was, he, like, we had to drive home like that because, <laughs> for whatever reason, we drove. Wait, home. with like the door hanging off? Yeah, the guy pulled it back and found a way to get it latched again. I mean, it was barely <laughs> hanging on. Could never
2: used the door again.
0: Yeah. Wow. Um, and I don't remember what happened after that. I'm sure I was grounded for quite a while, but I just remember she was pissed. At you? Well, yeah. She said, don't get out of the car. You didn't. I know, but you know how those things don't fly when you're 13 years old.
1: (laughs) Well, let me tell you what does fly when you're 13 years old is a mattress off the top of the car, because that's what happened to me. Um, I think I was a little bit older than that. Um, we were moving from Northern Virginia. We lived kind of right outside of the Washington, D.C. area. And we were going down the historic Route 7. Like, it is like the dreaded Route 7. Like, I even remember um, growing up, being behind a car one time, and my mom just, like, cracking up. And I'm like, why are you laughing? And she said, look at that license plate in front of us. And it said IH8RT7. Like someone had customized their license plate to say, I hate route seven. Like that's how much this road was like a main thoroughfare in Northern Virginia. Anyway, we were headed, I guess what would be West on route seven. And we had two, we had a box spring and a mattress tied to the top of the car and we had secured it like through the windows. You know how you can do that? And we were going down route seven at what I assume was probably like 60 miles an hour in the top mattress just went like this and like flew off of the car and landed on the side of the road. Like what do you even do in that situation? You keep Keep going. going.
0: That's why you see those on the side of the road because something in your mind goes it wasn't just keep worth going. it yeah just yeah,
1: keep yeah. going like how do you turn around on a major like interstate you know no, there's no, no like little patch in the middle of the road and and us talking about our childhood experiences reminds me of something that I know producer Sarah you've been asking for a long time could we please interview one of our clients on the podcast and I've held a pretty strong boundary about that because I'm like how do we choose which one and when and who goes first and all of that kind of stuff and and your dreams may be coming true sooner mm. than you think because it might be time to interview lee nash on the cat news podcast yes 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 and and i I know that that's been an exciting thing for you Um, lee nash wrote a song recently called no pressure and she wrote the song with her inner child oh whoa that's cool And so then even cooler is she decided, um, the songs that she's been releasing lately have all been duets. Like she's done stuff with Tanya Tucker and Vince Gill and, um, Ruby Amanfu, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And so, um, she decided I'm going to sing this song that I wrote with my inner child with her bandmate, Matt, who her and Matt are sixpence, none done the richer. And she sang this song with her inner child with Matt's daughter, who is like nine years old. And so it's like her and this mm. child, like doing this like back and forth, back and forth song. That's and cool. it got me to thinking, what if part of our interview series was if we interviewed each other's inner child?
0: Oh, my gosh. Wow.
2: How would we do that?
0: Well, we meditate and,
1: and allow space and then bring them forward.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. And
1: so like I would bring, and, and, and I'm assuming, I, I know that I'm getting like inner child work, internal family systems, adult children of alcoholics, um, codependent, no more. Like I'm getting a lot of books and theories mixed up and that's okay. Cause that's how my psychological process is working and that's okay. Um, I kind of think that my inner child is Kathy Like, I think that that's, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, Mm -hmm. she's kind of like my, what I think in internal family systems is called my manager. You know, she's like the person who's like that. Well, you might not want to do that because you might get your ass kicked or you're real stupid or blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I was thinking like we could interview Carol for you, Moose, and we could interview Kathy for me.
0: I don't think Carol is my inner child. Oh, okay. She, she's like. The mean stepmother. She is not my inner child.
1: Okay. The inner child is the one that's in the creepy house with the bloody eyes. No,
0: you (laughs) created that person. That is your trauma projecting onto me. My inner child is freaking adorable. She has like a ponytail and she's super sporty. She's got like a red, white, and blue uh, band, not bandana, but headband.
1: So she's a Trump supporter.
0: God bless it. No. (laughs) And she has like red and white striped 80 socks that she wears up to her knees with her payless tennis shoes on. And like a, just freaking adorable is who she is.
1: I mean, I want to adopt her.
0: Yeah. She's really cute. By the way, speaking of internal family systems, um, this book came out last year and it is called no bad parts. Mm. And it is by the one and the only what's his name? Richard Schwartz, PhD. Um, and I have been looking at it to buy it because I have seen multiple people, including Jack Cornfield.
1: Um who's
2: that? Wait, is
1: there a guy named Jack Cornfield?
2: <laughs> yes. Who who is Jack Cornfield? And I don't care. Jack Cornfield, and I don't care. (laughs) Jimmy Jack Corn, and I don't care. God, what is that song? Jimmy Jack Corn no, no. Jimmy Crack Corn. Is it Jimmy Jack Corn? Jimmy Crack Corn? Jimmy Crack Corn? And I don't care. Is it Jimmy or Timmy? Jimmy. Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. What? Well, I mean, this is the song. Yeah, this is the part of the podcast
1: where people listening are screaming at their windshield, like
2: going, "Like you guys are such idiots! Like it's Jimmy Crack Corn. Oh, no. Jimmy Crack Corn, but I don't care." My enemies crack corn, but oh. I don't care. Well, then why'd you write a song about it if you don't care? Wow, this is a wow. This is a really long song.
0: <laughs> Does it have like
2: a bad history?
0: It's probably something. That...
2: Oh, this is this is Eminem's version. Oh well, see, he thought it was important, so it's important. Daniel. Well, it. there's uh, there's an F word at the end.
1: Great. We're going to love it. Okay, so this makes me think of um we have not had a professor cat moment in at least 5 minutes and it's time to have a professor cat moment and I want to bring up the topic that one of our friends brought up to me. She said to me, "Hey, for your podcast, I would like for you to explain to me why organic milk stays good so much longer than regular milk in the refrigerator. Do you guys know
2: about this?" I have always wondered. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> it has something to do with the pasteurization.
1: That very good producer, Sarah. It does. So um, pasteurization invented by Louis Pasteur. Oh. Pasteur. Yeah. Um, so pasteurization is the process through which like milk is made. um, Ingestible by us humans without killing us and dying of all the bacteria that's in it that we can't handle that the cows can handle. So um, pasteurization heats up the milk for a certain amount of time at a certain degrees, um, and that gets rid of a lot of the bacteria in it so that we don't get sick when we drink milk. And um, there's another method of processing milk, and this is how organic milk is processed. It's called ultra high temperature. UHT and which to me just says ultra hot like let's just call it ultra hot and so anyway the UHT process what they do is they heat organic milk to, I think it's like 260 degrees or something crazy like that for three to four seconds so that it eliminates all of the bacteria out of milk. So if you've ever wondered like how in Europe, for example, like they don't refrigerate their milk. Yeah. It's because they process it with UHT and it doesn't need refrigeration. Refrigerization. That's right. <laughs> Sarah, you're correcting me a lot today. <laughs> no, it's making I'm sorry. me feel small no, and like Kathy's no. just gonna come
2: and go, You are a stupid mother just like I said. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm picking on you because I love you.
0: Kat, refrigeration is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> she was just calling it out because that's of true. how amazing it was and didn't want anyone to pass it
2: by. We could not pass that one by.
1: Well, Kathy does not know how to process a compliment, so let's move on. Anyway, so um, that's, that's why. That's why organic milk um, has a longer shelf life. And the reason that organic milk is organic. The only thing that makes it organic is the cows that produce the milk are not given antibiotics to fight infection and they are not given additional hormones to make them produce more milk. That's the only thing that makes it organic.
2: Wow. So if
1: you think that, oh, I'm drinking organic milk and it's got so many more vitamins and all this kind of stuff. Actually, it doesn't. It just doesn't have the weird shit like weird um, medicine byproducts in it. It is just pure milk from a cow that has not had antibiotics or hormones. And um, it also has a sweeter taste because when it's treated at that high of a temperature, a thing called caramelization happens. So some of the sugars in the milk actually get caramelized. And so organic milk tastes sweeter hmm. than regular milk.
2: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Did you guys know that we are the only species that drinks milk directly from other species?
1: Yeah. No.
0: Yeah, we don't. We're the only species that drinks
1: the fluids from <laughs> another mammal. Dolly. <laughs> Dear God.
2: It's true. So when you say species, do you mean mammals? Like mammals. Yeah. Okay. Like when it comes to mammals, mm-hmm. we are the only species that drinks directly from another species. So like snakes don't have teats. No, snakes don't have teats. So how do they feed their babies? I don't know. Rats. They're in an egg. The babies are in an egg.
1: It reminds me of a joke that my dad used to, to tell. Can I tell it? Yeah.
0: Please.
1: Okay, my dad used to tell the joke of the wide-mouthed frog. Yeah. And the wide-mouthed frog would say um, to, I don't remember who, to another animal. Let's just say the wide-mouthed frog would ask the fox. um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I remember now. (laughs) Okay, so the wide-mouthed frog says to the fish, What do you need your baby? And the fish says, Well, I feed them kelp and you know different nutrients from the water. And the wide mouth frog is like, okay, cool. So then the wide mouth frog goes to the turtle and says, What do you feed your babies? And the turtle says, Well, you know, I feed them like worms and stuff like that. And the wide mouth frog's like, okay, cool. And so the wide mouth frog goes to the snake, and the wide mouth frog says, What do you feed your bye-byes? And the snake says, Oh, I feed them wide mouth frogs. And he says, Oh, you do, do you?
0: Oh, his mouth got much smaller. (laughs) Isn't that the. (laughs) I thought you said white mouth frogged, so I couldn't figure out why the hell (laughs) (laughs) your mouth was open so big.
1: (laughs) Oh, you do, do you? I like that a lot, actually. Hey, Kat. Hey, Moose. What is your favorite candy to get on Valentine's Day? I don't want candy. I want cash. I want cash, too, for Valentine's Day this year. Do you think our listeners could help us with that without having to spend a dime? Yes, you don't have to do anything. We have an
0: opportunity through podcash.com to win some sponsorship dollars for the Cat & Moose podcast. Yeah. There's six different ways we can win. Are we creative? yes are we compelling yes are we well suited probably not yes <laughs> do you think this podcast will be successful we all know that's a resounding yes and would you subscribe to the podcast of course you would because you're listening. So only thing left to do is go to our link in bio on our Instagram, click it and write us a two sentence
1: love letter. And that will help us get the attention of the podcast contest. That is amazing. Write us a love letter because you love us. Happy Valentine's Day to Cat and Moose, your forever love.
0: By the way, I want to call out a couple uh, listeners who wrote in. One said, uh, just a thought. To think that humans are going to keep coming back to life after we die seems a bit narcissistic. The thought that the world needs us that badly. Isn't it more exciting to think that we have one life to do our best with? Deep thoughts from one of our listeners. Thank you for that.
1: And then she wrote again, though, and said... Definitely not narcissistic if we say that we are made in the image of God, which I thought was profound.
0: No, I wrote that back to them. Oh.
1: Well, then you are profound, Moose. (laughs) That makes
0: me wonder how many texts from the Cat Moose podcast phone number you have thought were listeners when they are me (laughs) replying.
1: You know, um, one of our listeners wrote in and let me know that the formerly named Washington Redskins that were then named the Washington Football Club have just announced their new name.
0: Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. What is it? I don't remember. It's the Washington Commanders. It is? I just read the text.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I remembered it when she sent it through, but right now I'm drawing a blank. So thank you, Jess from Maryland. And we look forward to talking to you in a couple of weeks.
0: We had another listener write in and say, I'm loving the discussions around the world is either against me or the world is for me and how our thought patterns can be a choice. Thank you. Um, I, I want to touch on that for a second. Um, we've talked about the work of Byron Katie. Mm-hmm. Um, that those are the four questions that you ask yourself and then you do turnarounds and anyone that's more interested in that, you can go to the work.com and she does three zooms a week that she turns into a podcast that you can for free sign up and she'll send you the zoom link and there's hundreds of people on there each time and she'll pick one who hasn't gone through the work yet. And, uh, last week I joined one of those and it was, intense really it was very intense
1: what was it like other than intense
0: um it was just i i am consistently amazed at how vulnerable people will be in public like this is not only a zoom but it's also live streamed for byron katie followers and people are just willing to put their stuff out there which i think is awesome and something i wish i could do more but, um, she walked this woman through the questions, um, based on a relationship that it had ended and, uh, and it was just insane to see how her view of how that relationship ended. And basically, I'm you know, you can go watch this. So it's not like it's anything you couldn't see. So I'm not hurting anyone's confidentiality here, but the woman had been told by her partner, one night after like 17 years, I'm, I can't do this anymore. And obviously that person was like heartbroken and, you know, explaining, you know, abandonment and all these things that you would naturally think. And she got her to understand, did she tell you the truth? And she made her basically go, this wasn't about you. She told you her truth. Hmm. And it was insane to watch her, sort of start to unravel all of this pain that she'd been carrying for a few years after this relationship ended. Um, Because so much of what we believe to be our truth are simply us, you know, being a part of like the drama triangle and, you know, being a victim and the way we see is the world against us or for us I think. And to Adam's point maybe it's neither, maybe it maybe it's both. I don't know. But it has changed my perspective a lot when I when I have something pop up like one of your Kathy thoughts or something of like oh my gosh, you know, I'm I don't belong here or whatever the thoughts are that I have as well. And um it just made me question them and go like that isn't the truth because truth is reality. Mm. and just because you feel a certain way does not mean it is a certain way
2: Mm.
0: it is your impression of what's happening but isn't your impression of what's happening reality no I don't think so I think what is happening is what's happening
1: so you think reality is what is happening regardless of our perception of what's happening correct and so who monitors that
0: I think we have to monitor that individually. Like my percep like for instance, if you and I have an encounter and it's uncomfortable, it can just be uncomfortable. And if I need to go back and process how that made me feel, that doesn't mean that that is actually what happened. It's just my filter that I'm putting in front of the camera based on a million other things, my background, my triggers, how I'm feeling that day It doesn't mean that you weren't mean to me if that is what happened, but how I carry that with me from
1: that point on,
0: that's up to me,
1: Hmm. man. That's some deep shit, man.
0: Yeah. I I'm just scratching the surface. I would highly recommend anyone who's interested in like challenging your thoughts is basically what this is, or even diffusing your thoughts, depending on how you want to look at it. Um, on work.com. and again this is just stuff I'm learning so it, you may not agree with it and that's fine but there's worksheets on her um, page or you can just sign up for the Zoom and watch it because it it's really challenging me to not stay in the victim seat of my life
1: man I love that that's really cool I, I had a similar experience this week and it had to do with a conversation I had with a rooster <laughs> great <laughs> sounds about right <laughs> I, like I'm not kidding. Like
0: <laughs> I, I believe you fully. That's what's sad. I'm waiting for the story. Like
2: I'm not shocked by any of this. Wait, didn't we talk about a rooster like in the first year? I think so. You were on like a, a yeah a call or something. And there was some rooster. Going off in the background. Yes. There was a guy that I was on the phone
1: with oh, from yeah. Medtronic. Yes. And there was a rooster in the background and he, and it was, yeah, it was super awkward. Yeah. I remember that. So you got a thing for roosters. Yeah. So I've got wow, a thing. Wow. What kind of thing? I, I think roosters have a thing for me. Oh. Well, not that kind of thing. Okay. We're going to find out. So, my mom got this rooster last year. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, from your Aunt Mary Mac. <laughs> yeah, from my Aunt Mary Mac. And my Aunt Mary Mac, like, she'll get these chicks, you know, every season that chicks happen. I don't really know how any of that works. Spring. Um, but she'll get these chicks that are all supposed to be hens. And every now and then, one of them is a rooster. And roosters, mm-hmm. um, although necessary, at least to my understanding, for um, helping with the whole like re production, like that side of things. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how any of that shit works. Anyway, my aunt hates when one of the chicks turn into a rooster because they really, really hen peck the hens and sometimes to death like they will like they God. will peck the the hens to the point that they're like bloody and have these like open wounds and all of that and so my mom um has got such a beautiful big heart and so whenever my aunt Mary Mac accidentally gets a rooster my mom's like I'll take it like I'll I'll take the rooster <laughs> and this only happens every so often so my mom has a new rooster like every you know couple of years or whatever and so um this last Time that she adopted a rooster from her next door neighbor, my Aunt Mary Mac. Um, she described him to me as this really stately, beautiful rooster that had the most beautiful white and black and gray hair. And so immediately Anderson Cooper came to my mind yes. for some reason. Oh, yeah. And so I said, Mom, I said, you need to name that rooster Anderson Cooper. And she was like, Okay. Like she wasn't like super into the <laughs> idea. Well, next time I talked to my mom about the rooster, she referred to him as Andy. And I was like, Aww. Hang on. Wait. Did you? And she's like, Well, you told me to name him Anderson Cooper. So I did, you know. And her version of that was Andy. And so I have been petitioning to my mom for months and months and months now that I think it is really sad. That Andy is in his aviary. He's in this big, beautiful, like, I don't know, it's like a 30 foot by 12 foot, like tall 12 foot fence, like aviary type thing It's the only way I know how to describe it. And there has got a big tree in there that he, he gets up in every night. And I told my mom, I said, it's really sad to me that he's alone in the aviary. Like, I don't think it's fair for any Mm. living creature Mm. to not have a companion or to not least have the opportunity to have a companion. And she's like, yeah, but if I get him a hen, he'll kill the hen. so like, can't do that. And if I get another rooster, they'll kill each other because roosters fight. And so I I've just been really like, for some reason, carrying a burden for Andy that he doesn't have a friend. And so, um, last weekend when I was there, my mom for my sister's birthday made, um, my sister's favorite recipe, Franny's Mm -hmm. fried chicken. It was amazing. It threw my sugar into absolute catastrophic levels. And it was really Mm. delicious. And, um, she made rice and gravy and lima beans and, and fried chicken. And so, um, my mom typically gives the leftovers of food to Andy, the rooster. And so I said to my mom, I said, number one, I said, I don't think it's fair for us to give him leftovers of his own kind. Yeah. I
0: agree. Oh, my
1: gosh. I hadn't even thought of that. He's a chicken. So I said, we're not going to take him the leftover chicken. And my mom said, well, I don't care. He doesn't care. He'll eat anything. And I said, well, I'm not giving him the chicken. I can't in a good conscience do that. We'll give him the rice. We'll give him the lima beans. We'll give him the toast or whatever. And so um, the morning after our dinner, I got up and I was like, I'm going to go talk to Andy the rooster and I'm going to give him this delicious Mm -hmm. food. And so I walked out there with this big bowl of leftovers and I dumped it in his aviary and I looked up at him. He was in the tree and I said, hi, Andy. And he said, hello, cat." What? And I was like, wait, he said hello. He did. Oh, okay. okay. And. So I was a little bit surprised and then I'm like, well, I'm not surprised. The rooster's talking to me. And I said, Andy, (laughs) I said, I brought you leftovers from dinner last night and they are so good. And he said, thanks. Okay. And I said, while we're having this conversation, I feel like I want you to know that I've been petitioning for my mom to get you a companion out here. And he goes, why? (laughs) Oh, I said, well, because you're alone. And he said, what makes you think that I don't want to be alone? And I said, well, nobody wants to be alone. And he said, you don't know that. I very much enjoy having my own tree in my own aviary and not having to share my food. So I don't think you need to make an assumption about what I do and do not need. Wow. Wow. And I thought it was like talking to Buddha. So what did you gather from that? About yourself. I gathered kind of a similar thing to what you just described about doing the work. Yeah. Is that like what my reality, what my perception, what I think this is how things should be. And surely you need a companion. Surely, you know, whatever is only my reality. It's only my truth. And the rooster reminded me, don't do that because you don't know. You don't know. So don't assume that you know. Now, if you ask me, hey, rooster, Andy, are you sad out here without a companion? Like mm. that would be a, a proper way to approach the situation. But I went ahead and assumed that Andy was very sad and grief stricken that he doesn't have a companion. And I right. just thought, man, how much do I do that in my life? And so I was taught by a rooster and I'm happy for it.
0: I think that's amazing. I also think you just did the Byron Katie work because you basically did a turnaround. Mm -hmm. The turnaround of that would be that you are actually sad. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that.
1: Well, I did bring up the cover last week, so it's my turn, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Which by the way, people liked that we fought in front of them. I haven't listened to that episode and I told you guys, I don't think I want that in there. We ended up editing it and Sarah said, can you trust me? I think it's good. And I still haven't listened and I'm fine with that. Like I, that is, that was who we are. And we even had a listener write in a couple of them and just say, Hey, thanks for showing us what friendship looks like.
1: (laughs) Hmm. I, I listened to it and I, I was, I felt really bad after that episode. Like I was like, man, I shouldn't have brought that up. That wasn't cool. And I listened to it. And the thing that I loved about it the most is how completely authentic you were. Mm. Like you, you were, you were very authentic, but it was really, it was really interesting to hear it back. And I'm really sorry that I. I think we should have handled that. Um, oh, I
0: think it's fine. I think it's real life.
1: Yeah, well, we're a real life podcast. <laughs> yeah, we are about the quirks of being human. <laughs>
0: Speaking of friendship, I have to share this on today's episode because I thought it was hilarious. So I sent a text to our little group thread last night. That said specifically to one of our friends, not anyone here and said, Hey, so-and-so and anyone else on here, sign up for this with me. This specific friend of mine, uh, who is friends of yours as well. I feel like I'm being very secretive, but I'm not trying to be. Well, you, you are. are
1: because I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And this either. is another <laughs> damn thing that I'm getting left the f- out of. And I don't um, know why well, you're
0: on the text thread. You and Sarah need to look at your actual text every once in a while. I don't,
1: no, I do look at my text and I didn't get an invitation to do dick. Oh,
0: well, you were either sleeping or drinking. So go back and oh my look.
2: Gosh.
0: Wow. So anyway, I sent this link and said, let's do this together. And <laughs> I'm filling it out. And what it is, it's one of those trial things where you sign up to be a part of like a, you know, a research project. What's it called? Like a research, medical research. Anyone done this for, for free money? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about free. <laughs> Guys, trial. You've not done trials, medical trials for free money? <laughs> no. Nope. Okay, there's a company that pays you to come try their toothpaste. You fill out a survey, they give you $200. Anyway, they've got these trials, so I sent the link to our friend. You guys, unfortunately, were on the text thread. Clearly, you don't know how to read. And I said, would you guys please sign up for this? It's a trial um, for depression. <laughs> And then I'm filling it out. I'm so excited. It's basically like, if you are depressed and you can't figure it out, do this trial. So then I read and it says in <laughs> small in small print it says the treatment being tested in the study requires surgery in an outpatient <laughs> procedure. The procedure will include implanting a small device underneath the skin just under your collarbone. <laughs> The device will send pulses to a nerve in your neck, which is connected to areas of the brain that control your mood. The procedure will last around 60 to 90 minutes. and will most likely go home the same day. Most likely? <laughs> <laughs> so then I send you guys a text that just says... Oh my God, never mind. They want to implant a mother <laughs> vibrating device in our collarbones. Who's in? Yeah, who's in? That's amazing. Then uh, it comes back to me today, and I'm still like, I cannot believe that they want to implant something in you. So I start looking this up, <laughs> and now I'm fascinated. And anyone who has heard of vagus nerve stimulation, um it knows what what this is okay so i need to share this because i think it's fascinating um so i actually might do this this medical test because what it does in your chest collarbone it works like a pacemaker well don't read ahead gosh darn it During surgery for vagal nerve stimulation, your surgeon will implant a small battery-powered device, about the size of a silver dollar, in your chest. It works like a pacemaker. Another incision is made on the left side of the neck, and a thin wire just placed under the skin runs from the device to the vagus nerve in your neck. The device sends out pulses of electricity into the nerve, which transmits them to the brain. For reasons, this is my favorite part, but I'm still going to get it done. For reasons that doctors don't understand, these electrical impulses transmitted via the vagus nerve to the brain can relieve the symptoms of depression. Wow. The impulses may affect the way the nerve cell circuits transmit signals in areas of the brain that affect your mood. However, it does take several months before you feel the effects. So I'm sort of known for doing surgeries <laughs> or, you love a surgery uh, that's what Sarah always says I love a surgery because I've had so many but it sounds interesting so if there's anyone out there maybe you cat <laughs> who knows more about the vagus nerve can you fill me in yeah <laughs>
1: I don't know a lot about the vagus nerve. I thought I knew a lot about the vagus nerve and I started talking about it. Do you remember when like back in November, I went on this retreat um, that my therapist like put on and I had to like climb a mountain. And it was like three miles and it was just awful. And I almost died. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that I, on that retreat, she had this, like one of those like cardboard, like TP things, like on one of the tables that was like, almost like a flip chart. And it was about the vagus nerve. And so I was reading about it and I was like, Oh, I've read like three of the 16 panels on here. So now I'm an expert on the vagus nerve. And so I started talking to my therapist about it. And she basically was like, yeah, that's not accurate. What it is, is because I just hadn't, hadn't dug deep enough to really have an understanding of it. And so after that, I've been like kind of afraid to study the vagus nerve.
0: Well, let's study it because I will do anything that vibrates my stress away, (laughs) my depression away. Whoa. Not my stress, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was talking about my depression, you dirty birds.
1: Well, I'm thinking of having something implanted near or under my collarbone immediately makes me think of how in my uh, hernia surgery, not hemorrhoid, but hernia surgery, um, <laughs> one of the, the the major incision that they made was very close to um, a point that's on the stomach meridian, I believe, that is um, Jinshindo Shindo point number five. And it's kind of under the rib cage and it really upset. At me that they cut me near what I believe is a very important acupressure point, and there's another really important acupressure point like on the collarbone right here. <laughs> I was
0: expecting you just to pull your shirt all the way down. <laughs> there's another one way
1: down here. <laughs> there's another one. Hey, girls. <laughs> There's another one that's right here, just um, kind of above and a little bit behind the collarbone, Jin do, point number three, which I also think is a stomach point, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know. I, I would be afraid of having something in that point. And I really am curious. I want to do this with you. Hmm. Well,
0: maybe they'll give us like a two for one. <laughs> I mean, I do love a surgery. If it's a free surgery, you might as well get it. And it has the potential to clear up your depression.
1: Well, and there's, that's a great segue. My sister brought up a really, really good point. We were painting together. We were painting these, um, uh, the particular thing I was painting is I was painting a drink in, uh, um, one of those What is the kind of jar that you... Mason. Mason. Thank you. I was painting a drink in a Mason jar. This was my painting. And I was trying to paint ice cubes in it. And Mm. I told my sister, and I'll send you this to put on Instagram. I told her, I said, I'm having a geometric crisis because like I cannot figure out how the ice cubes should actually be painted to look like they're really Mm. sitting in the cup. And I think I did a really good job. And anyway, we were talking (laughs) about that. And then my sister told me about a friend of hers that said like I'm really frustrated with Dolly Parton and I'm like, whoa, this is a first. I've never heard of anybody being pissed off with Dolly Parton. Right. And this person said, why did Dolly Parton have to say work in nine to five? Like, why didn't she say work in 10 to three?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to guess that art was a reflection of reality then. Right. Isn't that what the time frame was, but I agree, 10 to 3, I am really productive.
1: Right. And so I'm thinking that, Dolly, if you're listening, and I know you are because, like, we're awesome and we're the Cat and Moose podcast. Would you consider a re-record of nine to five? And could it be working 10 to 3? It's the way of self care and self-help. Be awesome and only work a 40 work week, and the man's not in charge, the women are in charge. And- And it's enough to drive you to peace and harmony. What was the last part? I said it's enough to drive you to peace and harmony. If you only work four days a week (laughs) from 10 to 3. I've rewritten the whole song for her, man. I love it. You share the
0: lyrics with me.
1: (laughs) Well, I just wrote it here in real time. Oh, very
2: good.
0: Producer Sarah Reed. To find out more, go to cat and moose podcast.com. Cat and Moose is a BP production.